This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, electrical contractors. I'm Matt from ABB. Are rising costs and product delays keeping you up at night? We can help you contractor better. ABB's contractor resources are designed to help you increase productivity and profitability on your commercial construction projects. Check out Contractor Better today. Visit go.abb slash contractor better. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Reds Report, powered by the best of Barnsley. As always, because we are powered by the best of Barnsley, the people in this room are the best of Barnsley. Uh, the man with the best blog and vlog out there is with us again, all the way from the other side of the Pennines. It's Ian from the Tigers Block. Ian, good evening. How are you doing? Good evening, Carlo. Good evening, Steve. Very well. Evening, Matt. Very good. And also, of course, powered by the best of Barnsley because he uses the best off-license to buy his red wine. Steve Andrews is with us as well. Steve, what's it like? Is it all right, that one? It's a bit of a Cabernet Sauvignon tonight from Asda. <laughs> Very nice as well. And it's red, which has got to be anti. Oh, you little, yeah. You need your little pinky out when you're drinking that. Can you see it from there, mate? I didn't think camera went down far enough. <laughs> oh, you mean me hand? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, lads, uh, let's get straight into it. Um, obviously, uh, the Portsmouth match, uh, no football last weekend because of the, 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 the passing of the Queen. Um, Paul Vale then, football resumed. 1-1 uh, draw with Paul Vale. Now, everybody will have their own opinions. Uh, I was there Tuesday night and... I just felt like we could probably nick it, and then it just went wrong, I thought, with the substitutions. So two double substitutions on the 70th minute. Uh, Kane and Aitchinson were took off, and I thought Kane, I don't know, it was like the flashes of the, the Herbie Kane that we know and loved, uh, pulling the strings in midfield. And Aitchinson, who I thought was superb in, in hunting players down and, and, and the press, um, they were replaced by Wolf and Josh Martin. And then on the 81st minute, uh, Cole and Thomas were taken off and Norwood and Adam Phillips uh, made... Whoops, microphone gone. That microphone's gone. Technical issues. Yeah. <laughs> 81st minute, Cole and Thomas off for Norwood and Adam Phillips. Obviously, finished 1-1. Um, Steve, let's uh, let, let, let's start with you. What were, what were your thoughts on the, um, on the match, but also the result? 
Um, first half, I thought we played some decent stuff, played some nice football. Um, again, still lacking that quality in final third, I thought, but Cole, Cole were decent. Atchison had a really good game. Um, went in, you know, half time, and you know, you know, you thought we could get some here because we, we we could add two or three two or three goals. And I'm not saying Port Vale didn't have any chances; they did. Um, came out second half, and then, like you said, there were the first two substitutions. Um, yes, I know I did say three substitutions on Twitter, but I added a drink. So thank you to my pedantic Twitter followers for pointing that out. Uh, <laughs> um, but it just it changed the whole the whole game. I thought Irby Kane was having a good game. Um, he was controlling it quite well. He was putting himself about, um, and it just seemed that Wolf and uh, came on and didn't didn't take up that mantle of controlling that midfield um and it just sort of upset a style it, it, it upset us rhythm and then obviously the other two substitutions which didn't really bring bring much at all so i i just i just thought you know let's take it on chin but it's it was duff's fault and um, ian did you think kane was off did any signs that maybe you know back to match fitness match sharpness Maybe there was a question whether he could go 90 minutes, but he was definitely, you know, we saw flashes there of, of what we need in the centre of midfield and the player that he can be, but it was a huge miss when he went off. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Steve's summary is spot on, to be fair. I think um, we didn't miss Josh Benson. Consider, I thought he'd have been a big miss, uh, but Kane come, come straight in and had a great game. Um, yeah. Considering he'd had... Um, Slight bit of time out with injury. He just he looked like he'd been playing regularly. Um, possibly was it game management? Maybe thinking he won't last the full ninety. Maybe because I'm not sure how long Benson's out for. Um, so I wasn't surprised when he went off because I thought, well, Duff's maybe just just easing him back in. But like Steve said, a bit a bit like what happened last season. Quite a few games where players we made substitutions and the substitutions didn't work, and the players who came on were nowhere near as good as the ones that they'd replaced. Um, I could I could see it happening. I, I thought we were sleepwalking straight into to a 1-1. One, one. Uh, with 20 minutes to go, I thought, two reasons. We were, we were missing chances that we were creating. I mean, we played some great stuff. I thought we played yeah. some good football. Yeah. We created some good chances as well, yeah. though, Ian, didn't we? And, and, and we are getting there. We are seeing flashes of... Uh, we're just... The consistency will come, and I think it will still come later, probably into October. But the, you can see what Duff's trying to achieve. Um, but we were we were giving them too much hope. They were still having chances. We were too open, I think, at the back. Um, and that's why I think their manager ended up throwing, doing the full five subs, didn't he? And I think yeah. he did a triple substitution at one point. I think he could sense that there was a there was a chance in this for them to get it one all. And I, and I looked at the league table at about 20 minutes to go, and we were like, and I know it's early days, but we're like a point and a place off Cambridge. We were seventh. And I thought, we can just see this out. It'd be great for confidence. And that's what they need at the minute, that confidence. And then but I could just see it happening and lo and behold, it did, didn't it? I just thought... Did, did you think, though, that, I mean, the guy that scored for Port Vale, about, I don't know, probably five, ten minutes before he scored, he made exactly the same run across Cundy and he said it went wide, and everybody, everybody around me went, "Oof, should have should have buried that." And he should have done. He just didn't catch it quite right. But again, it were an early ball in. 
he cut straight across him yeah. with a run. He, ne he never tracked him, never went with him, never tried to stop him. Bang, and it sent back a net. And it, I, I think that were a little bit of naivety because he'd seen it 10 minutes before. Yeah, and, it, and he knew what were coming. And I think that's where, where I say sort of, you know, we were sleepwalking into it. We put a veil sense they were still in the game at 1-0. I mean, you're always in the game, but they were in the game. They were still creating chances. Yeah. And they weren't great up front, don't get me wrong. And I think another a better team would have punished us the other night because yeah. we were a little bit lax at the back. I, I think we were winning 1-0, but we were, I, I never felt we were in control. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was, you know, it was a good goal. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it, it's just getting that balance right because um, I, I text Steve when uh, when I got home and I was so impressed with Liam Kitchen going forward. But I suppose if you got Williams and Kitchen going forward, that, that leaves you better back. And that's what teams are obviously trying, yeah. um, I suppose, to, to expose almost, isn't it? But um, who, who stood out for you? Uh, we, we talked about Kane. Anybody else that you thought, Steve, that, you know, decent? I thought Kitchen, decent. I thought Kitchen, I thought Kitchen had a really good game. Yeah. Going forward, uh, he did do he did do his defensive work all right. But going forward, he made some good runs, got a goal, uh, knocked some nice balls into the box. Um, in a way, same with Williams. I thought at times, I don't know if you'll agree, and I thought at times we were playing a little bit too much tippy-tappy around 18-yard box. And as soon as we banged that early ball in, we scored from it. Mm. So I think there's that element of... You know, take a chance. I know everybody screams, shoot, 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 when they're on edge of 18-yard box. But I just think sometimes, you know, you've no to lose. Have a go for it. Mm -hmm. um, as I said earlier on, I thought Cole played quite well, put himself about. He had some nice touches, some nice little flicks, which to me says, you know, he's getting a bit of confidence there as well. Um, but, yeah, I think Aitchison... Aitchison were probably my choice for man at match above Luke Thomas. I didn't think Luke, I thought Luke Thomas actually were probably third or fourth choice, to be honest. Uh, but I thought Aitchison had a really good game. And um, Ian, uh, Steve mentioned uh, Devante Cole there. And um, I remember, I think it was first half, when the ball was played to his feet, he literally turned, took a shot, and, and it just missed by like hairs. And I remember I was sitting next to Lee, I was doing the commentary and saying to him, that's how you unlock defences, isn't it? You, Devante Cole needs it at his feet because at two times he comes too deep to hit the ball. But the difference between him and Aitchinson, who is then marked by one or, you know, a, a minimum of one defenders, we never seem to have any joy. Then I saw Duff shouting to Devante Cole to stay central, to stay there. But we never fed it to his feet again. Is it? Is it? A, a, why is it when something nearly works, we, we don't go and try it again, if, if you know what I mean? Because it just seems that we know he can get the headers, but it doesn't get to its destination. You feed him at his feet, and, and the boy, like Steve says, I mean, he, he, I thought he showed some real promise. And for me, you know, at least tomorrow and whatever, he would be, we talked about the shortage of strikers, but he's the only one to me that is showing signs that it could be or should be at least a regular starter. Yeah, I think you're seeing with you're seeing with Cole the Duff effect. I, I, I genuinely think that Duff is getting an arm around him and really working on him. Like you say, that example there, there was plenty of times where he got the ball, and 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 quite a few are doing it now. Where that instead of us going back or sideways, we're turning and going and, and heading straight to the opposition's box. And um, with Cole, he's getting that confidence where he is literally. He's getting on the end of moves, but he's starting moves as well. And I would start them too again tomorrow because I think 
Although at HSN, they mentioned it in the commentary when I was watching it the other night, and they said he might not be the, um, he might not turn out to be uh, a free scoring centre forward. We don't know, but he gives you so much more. And yeah. yeah, we want strikers, and the, their job is primarily to put the ball in the back of the net, but he, he gives us a lot more. And you, you can't, there's not much else coming off the bench that can match that work rate and, and, and teamwork that he puts in. And I think them too, uh, I, I thought they were positives involved from them. I thought Luca Connell had a good game as well, but them, yeah. them, them two up front, I would give them. Um, and, uh, well worth it. get another goal tomorrow. I think I think Luca Connell will go on to be a really good player, and I think the way that you watch him and the way that he sort of directs people around him for for a young lad, I can see him being captain material in the next two or three years quite easily. Mm. Uh, he's, he's certainly got that confidence. Nothing phases him, and he likes to put a foot in, which let's face it, we all we all like to see. So. Yeah, he gets, I, I he looking up, he gets his head up when he's got the ball and he's looking for opportunities. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I fully agree. Um, I think that's that that's your next big transfer fee. You know what I mean? Looking and don't get me wrong, it's it's early on in the season, but from what I've seen, he just fits and he plays with such freedom. And dare we say the word pedigree? He doesn't look like a lad that you know first season in League One. Um, surprising news from the club earlier this week. Um. Another signing. Apparently, it took eleven days to get ratified by the um, by the EFL, which is about right for him, really, isn't it? Uh, that Ziyad... waiting, were that waiting for a visa? Is that what is that? Well, what I don't know. Waiting waiting for the visa. It came from Fulham, so I need a visa from Fulham. Oh, definitely. Ziyad Lakechi, a, a left back. Um, bit surprising, isn't it? That you would have thought after eleven days that paperwork would have been done um an announcement sort of out of the blue a little bit but maybe more surprising that uh we've talked about the shortage of, of strikers aiden marsh going on a, a short-term loan till the end of december to uh to, to scunthorpe ian um i mean i said it last time and i, I said but i think i think aiden marsh needs regular football and then he'll be in with far more of a chance to start and, and re retain his place than these sort of like bits of appearances. I think he just needs to get minutes under his belt. Is it, is it a good move for the lad or is he potentially missing out on a, uh, you know, cementing a place here or was that never going to happen? I think time will tell. Uh, I was surprised when he went because when we had that last podcast and we discussed it, I thought he should have stayed because of the Papa John's the trophy games. He, he could have started in them. The way Duff was kind of saying, the, the striker shirts are up for grabs. I thought he might have a chance to to even get in the first team. So I was surprised. And then I was surprised that he went to Scunthorpe. When I looked where they are, the bottom of the conference, and I thought, is he good? Is this going to dent his confidence? Is he going to a team that's going to do a double relegation? You know, he's got, it's got to be the right move for him. Um, and I think he started, didn't he, in their, their game midweek. I think he was... Yeah, I think he, he played. Yeah, um, um, they were all to him under. Yeah, so... Only time will tell whether it's a good bit. I suppose the good thing is it's a short-term one. I mean, any loan, you can bring your player back, can't you, if you've got an injury crisis. Only time will tell. I was just a bit surprised. I thought they might have kept kept them all at the club. Yeah. Steve, do you think that maybe leaves the door open to uh, a, you know, a free agent, a striking free agent joining? Now we've offloaded him for a little while to uh, to Scunthorpe for him to, to get minutes under his belt, or do you think that's it now? What we've got is what we've got. In my in my art of arts, I think that's it. You've got what you've got. You're playing you're playing that hand sort of thing. I'd like to think that there are still free agents out there that maybe Duff 
is interested in and could possibly bring in. However, you look at a strike options now, uh, you've got Cole, you've got Atchison, you've got Norwood, you've got Tedich. Uh, I actually thought he might have brought Tedich on uh, against Port Vale, but he left him on bench. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that's if that's the uh, that the hand he's got to play with uh, until January. Um, mm. But I'd like I'd like my fingers crossed that he does bring somebody in. But I just I just think that's it. Knowing Barnsley, that'll be it. And we'll we'll do a preview of Cambridge in a little bit. But for the Papa John's Trophy, then on on Tuesday, is is Teddy somebody that you'd like to see start to at least get you know. 60 70 minutes on the well, normally normally for these sort of games you like to see your fringe players come in and fight for a place but i think we had this conversation a few weeks back in uh, against lincoln when we you'd know. got your fringe players that came in and to be quite honest they'd all got the primer stoves and the tea bags in the in the teacups uh, stood about on pitch and they never well hardly any of them put any effort in whatsoever so i'm hoping that they've had a boot up the backside and this time, you know, it, 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 I'm sure he'll put a little bit more experience in there as well, because let's face it, we need to win, um, and it'll be a tough call against against Newcastle, even there under twenty, under twenty ones, under twenty threes, or whatever team it is. But you'd like to think that the the likes of Tedich, the likes of um, oh that other lad up front, uh, J Lo, uh, Latin dancer. Uh, and singer uh you know you'd like to see them sort of players come in uh and really show the worth use a couple of under 23s like he did last time as well um you know and let, let's try let's try these players but i think he needs to instill upon them that they're coming in to do a job and they need to fight for the place and i think there's one or two of them that just just seem to be cruising a little bit at minute and uh, that's not good for anybody no no, it's not. Right. It, it, it just seems that ever since the season started, um, we, we talk about the board in some way, shape or form. And whether that's good or bad, I'll, I'll leave people to decide. Um, so this week, a, che uh, a, cheat, a tweet from Julian Key, who's obviously on the board. And the tweet reads as follows. I feel the need to respond to the Barnsley FC fans filling my feed with negativity and hate. The board has, inher has inherited a complex maze That's easy that, for we you to say. <laughs> <laughs> that we are working on 24-7. Here's a better use for your energy. One, support Duff. Two, support the players. Three, be kind at Oakwell. And four, behave at games. Now, the behave at games we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, first of all, um, is that a wise tweet from somebody who's on the board of a football club so, no. as direct as it is let's be honest ian no it's not is it no i think uh, the um i read so i read a tweet i'm not sure if it was west Ham bog said if you if you can't take it online then either ignore it or just come off yeah, which is yeah. fair comment <sighs> where to start it was poor it was a poor tweet i know she's trying to mix with the fans etc she should never have come out and said we're going to set, we're trying to sign four players because it, she, that was always going to bite her on the backside. Yeah. Um, what should have happened, and I, and I feel a bit for Duff here because Duff has had to take all the questions from the press all the way through this transfer seat, this transfer window about who's coming, who's going, 
And the poor bloke, to be fair to him, has fronted up every time and tried to give as good an answer as he can. The board, when the window closed, in my opinion, with the press team, should have put something out. And I don't know they're going to do a fans forum in a, in a week or two, but they should have put something out and explained. They don't have to tell exact players the, who they were after, but they should have come out and cleared up what, what they tried to do, what they achieved, and uh, etc., and how they're supporting Duff. That would have probably stopped a lot of the tweets to her. But they never did it, and now she's bit, and it doesn't look very good that she's bit. Um, so I think it was poor because while well, I looked at the replies and, and some were supportive of her, but she was getting dogs abuse, and and I thought, well, you're putting yourself out there and you've come out with that, and you start slagging the fan base off. The fan base are going to bite back, and some were rightly saying, "You're the custodians of our club, you know, you'll be long gone, and we'll still be here. So don't tell us how to how, to, how we should." Um, I I just think it, it wasn't professional. They should have brought something out and explained, and they didn't, and, and they let, let Duff take all the, all the rap off the press for the last few years. 100%. I think I get what she tried to do, but in your position as a yeah. member of the board, yeah. the words you choose, you can't put to people. Because if, I, I mean, it's hopefully not aimed at me, but when it says, here's a better use for your energy, and then four things what she's telling me to do, but everybody is supporting Duff and everybody I'm, is supporting the players. Exactly. And, and you know we can have 5,000 people on Tuesday night and we'll beat Newcastle on the 20 on 5-0. And there'll still be people putting on Twitter that it should have been seven and it was wrong and that was wrong and the pies were cold and, and one uh, of the bulbs on the... You know, our, our fan base is one of the toughest. You'll never please them, ever. Um, and you see that daily online, but there was a way about going about it, and she made a right pig's ear of it. Yeah. Um, the last bit that she said, I, I do want to, um, I do want to just go into when she says behaved games. Um, in the program on uh, on on in Tuesday's program, there's a it's right on the front page a message from a safety officer. And I'll not read it all, but it says on the 5th of September, 50 seats have been broken. This is the away match at Hillsborough, as well as damage to the male toilets. And people were arrested um, away from the ground from other football offences. And the Papa John's trophy against Lincoln City, um, a steward was assaulted by a drunk 14-year-old female. And an away supporter was assaulted outside the ground on Grove Street. There have been other issues of concern. Then there's a bit about chanting. Uh, you'll all be aware, investigation has been launched by the Football Association regarding sexist chanting that took place at the Bristol Rovers fixture on the 16th of August. Um, now, the, the safety officer says as follows. Think about what you are saying and how offensive these comments are. Would you say that to your own mother, wife, girlfriend or sister? How do you think they would feel in the situation? Now, I had a discussion with somebody who said, ah, but it's banter, in it, football? But I just think in this day and age, a few thousand people, and, and we know what they shouted to the female physio, I, I, I don't know if it's banter, because I, my thing has always been, if I don't say it to my mum, I'm not saying it anywhere else. Because if, if it's okay to say it to my mum, and I wouldn't shout that to my mum, if you know what I mean. So I, I get there will be banter, there will be songs, but when you have 14-year-old females drunk assaulting staff you've it's the papa john's trophy we played lincoln and 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 and, and they were assaulting an away supporter are we ever going to stop this and, and and is there a solution to it steve no 
simple answer. Anyway, yeah. 14 14-year-old girl drunk. All right then. So which route did not to do it club? Not to do it club. She's coming to ground drunk or she's outside ground drunk. Who sold it? Who sold the alcohol? Well, that, that's a conversation that can go on for hours, isn't it? It's same as anything we underage drinking. Uh, anybody could have bought it. So she's drunk. It's one instance. I'm not being funny. Go to a normal match day at any club on a Saturday afternoon and you'll find more than one 14-year-old girl drunk, I'll tell you now. So that's, you know, let's get it in perspective for a start. Um, there's always been clashes of fans. Same again, whichever club you go to, so and so is being assaulted. One at team, one at you know, one at supporters, something like that. The only way that you're ever gonna, you're never gonna stop it. But the only way you can control it is have proper stewards, and not Bill who works somewhere five days a week and then on a Saturday wants to get in and watch it. And I'm not saying they're all like this. So before anybody jumps on bandwagon. There's some people that will do that. They'll just become a steward that can get into ground for now, watch a game, because let's face it, and we've all seen them on Twitter, when they make the make the barrier to stop fans going onto pitch, and I'm sure we've all seen that tweet, I can't what club it is, where they're all stood together and they're just basically walking through stewards and stewards are, aren't doing anything. And that's because these stewards are just guys, all asses, that's hired for the day, probably get paid not a great deal of money just to wear a high-vis jacket and just stand around pitch. They'll not be trained. They'll certainly not be trained in crowd control or how to defend the cell or anything like that because we don't pay that sort of money out to get them sort of people. And you're never going to get a professional um, stewarding team that's like that. It's not bloody Bon Jovi concert or all like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think we have to get it into context that this guy's pointing these these incidents out, but these are incidents that's at every ground every week. I think his point is though that we we you know we've we've had a severe fine. They're talking about was it a thirty five thousand pound fine and thirty five thousand pound. I know it doesn't buy a player, but it you know what I mean. It the clubs had to pay it. Plus, they've had to put. They now have to put extra security in, and there's a shortage already. And obviously, if it happens again, you've got the issue that they could close certain parts of the stadium and blah blah. So I, I sort of get it. It just, it just, I suppose I, I never understand. Everybody's different. I never understand because I go to the football because that's like a not a relaxation thing, but you know, you don't have to worry about work or home or rising electricity bills because you go and watch your team and you get behind your team. And I don't know if some people take the frustration of their home life out on a poor steward or a physio or whatever, but I, I've just never really understood it. And people that tell me that they love the club more because they will go and fight with, you know, supporters group from other clubs, I, I think it's about me. Like, what, what do you ever get out of that? Your thoughts, Ian? I think they, they say that football disorder and arrests, etc., have gone up right across the board. So it's not just a Barnsley thing, is it? No. You will get that that portion of supporters who seem to think for that few hours on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, then it's carte blanche to do whatever they want. And um, it's free reign. They can do what they want. And they're the ones who need dealing with. But <clears throat> you get that minority with every club, don't you? And I think the thing is, it is a minority, though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? After 10,000 people, it will be... a. A, a very limited number 
that are causing these sort of problems and i would say a hundred percent of these people causing problems are not football supporters they're not coming to watch game they're not interested in barnsley they just come for a bit of a ruckus for you know let's let's go to match this afternoon and you know we'll have 10 pints before we get there not being funny if you're a serious football supporter yeah you'll go for a drink before before a match but let's face it if i had 10 pints before a game i'd be comatose before they kicked off you know so, well yeah <laughs> all right then yeah maybe a bottle of red but you know what i mean it's yeah. it's it's always like ian like you said ian it it's it's always been there at minute it does seem to be on rise but it's a lot higher profile for some clubs than it. I mean, look at Champions League final last year. What happened in Paris? You yeah. know what I mean? It's you're back to people that are not true football fans. I don't think. I think they just come for a Saturday afternoon or an evening match to get absolutely levered, and then either kick stink out of somebody or just smash stuff up. But then it's down to, you know better stewarding maybe better more training for stewards more more stewards being employed but yeah. it's it's a, it's a really difficult thing to to address it, it is i just i was just flabbergasted ignore ignore the 14 year old drunk you know but lincoln papa john's trophy assaulting an away fan i mean i know we lost three nil but in fairness most of them had gone because people were leaving because we, we played so badly i, I and then there was only the east stand so somebody's obviously walked all the way around the front I, I i listen the thing is with that the thing is with that and away away fans being assaulted okay so whose side of story are we getting there so are we assuming that this away fan has been walking quietly back to his car and he's been jumped by one or more barnsley fan or could this away fan have been giving it a load of mouth to to somebody who's finally thought, you know what, shut up, I'm not having it? Whether well, a group of it, do you know what I mean? It's it's amazing what you can put in print. I, listen, that, I, that I, I changes I, a story. I complete I completely get it, but the fact is that somebody still got assaulted, and even if they gave it a load of this, you give it a load, a load of that. And, and you know what it's like. It's Lincoln. They're in this division. They won three nil. That's a scalp for them, isn't it? In this little tournament that we're in, they won three nil. Really good. I, I just, I think there's, there's more, there's better things with Barnsley Football Club that we can focus our energy on. Then, yeah. I mean, did, did you say something like there were a load of seats smashed up at Hillsborough? Yeah. And it's like first win there with fans in thirteen years, and it was, it should have been a happy atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> all day long yeah. you really need to then go smash 50 seats up i mean I, I mean i went a couple of years ago when we went with stendhal and we got beat easy and there was the whole the away fans in that lepping's lane and underneath this underneath the stand is quite compact setting yeah. flares off when it were packed yeah you know and the game's not even started and you're just like and everyone's choking on all the flares and you it's that it's that element that need dealing with yeah that are just being idiots well, you know you, you're just coming out of hillsborough having having spanks and but you want to go and trash Hillsborough? No, you want to rub it in and and, and sing, yeah. sing your heart out and really, you yeah. know, and, and enjoy the weekend. Not go and do. If, that. In, in fairness, Ian, there were many left a full time as people went back to the cars and buses. So that's yeah, must have been, that fire alarm went off about twenty minutes to go. And <laughs> <laughs> um, let's look forward then. So as it as it stands at the moment, the table, um, Barnsley eleventh uh, on eleven points, uh, joined by Exeter, Wickham, Fleetwood, and Derby. And um, I think there is a little bit. 
I know it's only sort of like uh, you know eight games in, but um, Ipswich at the top, Portsmouth, Plymouth, Chef Wednesday, Bolton, they're probably the teams that you expected to be there or thereabouts. Opponents tomorrow, Cambridge are in sixth place with 13 points. Um, every match in this division is hard, every match in every division is hard, but um, it'll be another tricky one, Ian, won't it? Cambridge away, yes. I did I hear right that they, they'd won all, all the home games or something? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so uh, I think Duff's already said that it's uh, it's going to be a tough ask, but it's just like us to go there and get a really positive result after dropping two points against Port Vale, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be, it should be the makings of a good game because if they're, if they're on such good form and they're sixth um, and we're, we're getting there, we're slowly clicking uh, and we've had a couple of good away performances and results recently we should we should be getting something there but it make no bones that won't be easy won't be easy no steve um from the team then on tuesday night would you make any what would you make any changes besides the troubles, any? well besides the treble substitution that never happened but would you would you, would you stick oh, with it in a bit more why don't you <laughs> would, would you stick with the 11 that started or you know because to me, part of a winning formula is finding that settled 11. And I thought, given that Benson is out and I know he's recovering and might be in contention, you, to me, he had to make that change. But you, you start the same ones again because I well, thought got, they did pretty well. Is, uh, is Nicky Cadden back in training? Because I heard that he were back, he's back in training this I week. I think both. Yeah, but is he not he, fit? I don't think he will be. I think he's another week or two off. I'm yeah, sure. another week or two off. So, so. You, you would assume that Kitchen's going to maintain, you know, his position at that left-hand side. Beckenbauer. The Bowsley Beckenbauer. Bowsley Christ. Don't be <laughs> saying that. When he goes on them runs. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting back, though, when he's out and puffing. He runs like Carlo does. Um, obviously, you've got no need to look like that. Um Obviously, Jordan Williams is going to be right right wing back because we ain't got anybody else who can play right wing back. Um, from uh, probably Port Vale game, my only worry, I'll put it that way, um, is Kundi. To be quite honest, I just um, I find him quite slow and laboured at times. Um, I just, I just, I just think he lacks, he lacks pace, and sometimes I just think his positioning's shite, to be quite honest. Um, not just tell how it is, Steve. Yeah, just well, it, it, you know what I mean. And <laughs> the thing, the thing that annoys me more than Alt is, is, is Port Vale's goal because he'd seen it happening ten minutes before, and it happened exactly the same way, and he still never shifted, never went with player. And that, to me, is, is somebody who is not learning from, from playing the game. You look at Anderson, who's come on leaps and bounds over the last couple of seasons because he's learning every game. And I, it's just a, I've just got a question mark over him at, at the minute. Hopefully, he'll come good and he'll turn into centre-half that we want. Big, you know, Jerry Taggart-esque, so a big bustling uh, centre-half. But at minute, for me, is it's, I don't know, is it a weak link? A bit of a weak link there. What about you, Ian? I can't see it changing much. And I agree, I agree with Steve, but I just what are the options? Do you no, that's in, it, isn't it? That's do it. You throw somebody in who's cold and not played many games. 
I suppose Duffel have done his own work and see what their strikers are like and whether he brings somebody in to counter that if he thinks Kundi's not up to whatever they've got. But do you weaken it more by bringing somebody in who's a bit cold, like a Honda Mark? I don't know who would come in, to be honest. I would like to think Honda Mark would probably get the game against in the Papa John's and get 90 minutes there. Um, like Tedich might, because Norwood will be banned. So I can't. I, I think the defence in the midfield will pick itself. It, it's, it's just whether he, he changes the front two or does he play? Well, he's playing the three now, isn't he, up front? Yeah. The three starting with the two. I can't see much change, if I'm honest. I think it'll be a very similar team. I think he likes that, pretty much that 11. Yeah. What What about then? So the match after that is the Tuesday night match, which is against Newcastle on the three ones. Given the results and, you know, let's call it the experiment that didn't work when he started most of those fringe players and they were just overrun by a Lincoln side, they'd made changes as well, but obviously adapted a lot better than what we did. It, it, it's a pool system, isn't it? So there's uh, Lincoln, Barnsley, Doncaster and, and Newcastle. Obviously, we're all playing each other. Do you sort of think, just give it to the fringe players, keep them fit, maybe tinker with some bits, but we'll use this as a springboard for the league rather than playing first team or is it still something you think we should pursue because let's face it we're only one game in and you know there's still three games to go in there i think we should pursue it definitely yeah why not why so. not like yeah. i think ian said i don't know if it was i think it was ian that said it last last conversation we had chances are that's that's the best chance of a bit of silverware that we've got this season yeah yeah so that's why why wouldn't good. why wouldn't you give it a go yeah yeah, yeah. no <laughs> completely <laughs> I, I totally agree, and I, um, I, to avoid injuries from the main starting eleven as well, I'd make this, two reasons: one, one to keep the the first team injury free, uh, uh, two to give the other lads a chance, but three, I'd, I'd, I'd send them out there and go put right the wrongs from Lincoln. You're the team that played against Lincoln; you go and yeah. put it right for them supporters. Yeah. That would be the motivation, wouldn't it? Easy team talk. Uh, and give the likes of Tedich and Hondemark and others uh, a full 90 minutes and say, you know, put, put it right, what the Lincoln game, and then yeah. obviously say, put the rest, put a few of the other first teamers on the bench if you need them, but save them, keep them for training and, and look after them until the league match at the weekend. So yeah. if you look at somebody like Cundy then, Ian, would you set Papa John's trophies as ideal to throw? One at under twenty three centre halves in and say, look, you get out there, you show me what you can do because there's chance there could be possibly a spare centre half berth that you may be able to fill. Yeah. I mean you could say that about any position really, couldn't you? But that yeah. seems to be the question mark at minute. I could I could see Duff doing that. I could I, I could see him say putting an arm around somebody in the under twenty threes and saying Show me what you can do. I'll give you ninety minutes. I'll not take you off unless for any reason. Uh, and uh, give me a, give me a conundrum for the um, for the yeah. get the league game in the weekend. That what motivation? What more motivation would a player need? If a says, show me. And so, I think that type of manager does. Yeah. So Jasper Moon starts on Tuesday then at centre Shut back. up! You've still you've been <laughs> drinking <laughs> again, haven't you? Stop <laughs> it! You Stop talk, it! You're, you're talking about an under twenty three. I never mentioned Jasper. I never mentioned him. No, no, but, no, I no, think, no, no. but I think that's the sort of game. I like. I said I feel sorry for Jasper Moon. I think there's a footballer in there. I think what happened last season under different management, different board. Can't say damages him, but I think it dented his confidence a hell of a lot because he was thrown to the wolves. There's no two ways about it. Under no guidance or instructions, he was literally thrown to it. And I think that 
in, in, in that stage of his development is probably the worst thing that could have happened. And I if don't know. If anybody should have gone out on loan, it should have been him, to be quite honest, because he, I, I think the break and the change would do him good to go to a second division side and get some game time in. But this is what I did. Because Scunthorpe are screaming out for central defenders. Apparently, they've got loads of strikers. It's the defence what they're lacking. And I thought, listen, they know each other. They've played on 23. Unless you've got a plan for Moon, but let's face it, we've not really seen much. Send them both. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they can get regular football, we'll have some real, real, real players coming back. Anyway, we'll, we'll wait. We'll see who starts on, on Tuesday night. Um, it could be Moon, couldn't it? Right. Um, obviously, we don't leave before our score prediction for tomorrow. So, Steve, you first. No, I'll let Ian go first, because I no. went first last time. and I'll. Are you sure uh, of that? Yeah, I've got to think about it and have another drink. <laughs> Ian, uh, Barnsley away at Cambridge tomorrow. What do you reckon? Yeah, my head says one-one. My heart says we'll win two-one. I just, I just think those two away performances. I'd like to, I'd like to think motivation from dropping two points against Vale. We might just go and do a job there and win two-one. I, I, I have to say, in this team that's still developing the confidence and everything else, sometimes I just feel it's pressure off when they play away. And we saw that at Sheffield Wednesday. And, and if they if they approach it with the same sort of mindset. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, mine, mine was actually a 2-1 away win. Here comes Steve with his 4-0. <laughs> Steve, what do you reckon? <laughs> I've had that much to drink. Um, <laughs> we seem to be an away team at the minute, don't we? Yeah. Ipswich, Wednesday, two cracking performances against good sides. Cambridge doing really well at minute, like you say, unbeaten at home. Um I think I think we can go there and I think we can get some there were there were glimpses against Port Vale. Yeah. Um sometimes that pressure playing at home maybe does get to players, I don't know. But I, go, on. go on. No, I want to say and it's in no way of an excuse. The whole build up of the game because of her Majesty the Queen dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it, it, it was really strange. There was nothing more powerful than a minute silence, fantastically observed by everyone. Not even the 50-50 the halftime draw people were, were quiet, which is fantastic. Yeah. The national anthem in a football stadium, it's not even my national anthem, my hairs were yeah. stood up in my neck. It was. But I just felt even the music before it was really like, and and I don't know. I'm not saying that affected the players because it won't have done. But I think if they look at what they did and it, it was their own undoing, whether it was the substitutions, lack of concentration, that was three points for the taking. I think we can go to Cambridge, and if we if we right the wrongs from Tuesday night, there's nothing stopping us getting a no. result. Absolutely no. not. Absolutely no. True not. True enough. True enough. Yeah. So, lads, thank you very much. This time next week, we'll have talked about three points away at Cambridge and a fantastic win against the Newcastle under-21s in that amazing Papa John's Trophy. Or the It'll Peter. not be this time next week, though, will it? Won't it? No, I'm going to see Avatar. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I, just thought I, I just thought I'd pop that in there, that's all. Yeah. You know, remastered will you, will you promise us? Will you promise that you don't fall asleep in the cinema before it starts then? What was that all about? All I can say in my defence is we... 
we'd been for something to eat beforehand, so I've been at a nice carvery at Swan and Signet at Wakefield. If anybody wants to go, really reasonable, eight pound odd. Other pubs are obviously available. Uh, I had a nice pint of Marston's while I were there, so I'm feeling good. Gonna watch, gonna watch a movie in Wakefield. See how they run. They call it trailer bits for it. Look really, really funny. Unfortunately, the trailer seemed to be the best part about it. So, um, you know, understandably, I could have been a little bit. A little bit bored, maybe, and I just started to nod off for a second. That were all. I was just resting my eyes. That's all I was doing. His reaction, though, when the music came on, and um, I'll try and get it on Twitter. Um, have a look at uh, Red Report underscore. I think I, I think I put it on, and I think I've copied Red Report in. So. Oh, right. I'll, I'll... You need to just turn the volume up because his comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and obviously, thank you to his wife, Jackie, for sending it in. And always God more, bless. Always more than welcome. Yeah, so sometime next week, we'll talk about the three away points, valuable points away at Cambridge, and a fantastic win in the Papa John's Trophy. All the pizza outlets, of course, are available. Um, Ian from the Tigers Block, thank you very, very much for joining us. And of course, Steve, um, go and fill your glass up, go and put your feet up and uh, enjoy the rest of your Friday. Lads, thank you very much. Good luck to the Reds tomorrow and we'll be back next week. Dr. Trudy Fleer here with the 5G Home Recovery Podcast. Let's discuss a very real existential threat to internet speed. It's a big one. Ready? T-Mobile Home Internet. It lags. Ugh. Now what is lag? Lag is a delay in data being transmitted across the internet. For example, you're hitting that hot drop, the parachute cuts out, you've got an unsuspecting bot in your sights, and lag! You were actually eliminated 10 seconds ago. Nobody deserves that. So stop letting T-Mobile Home Internet ruin everything and switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network. The ultimate on demand destination for the UK's best fan led football podcasts. Want barnstorming, Barnsley insight, analysis, and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the Talksport Fan Network. Unbeatable club dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search Talksport Fan Network. <laughs>